You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Ho, ho, ho. Merry whatever you celebrate. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is going to be an interesting episode, I, I feel like. Because it's probably going to be the least offensive and most offensive, like, <laughs> all in one. I mean, exactly. it's, it's going to be great. But speaking of great, first we got to talk about this phenomenal cigar that we are. Uh, so, on. what are we smoking for the holidays, Brad? So for the holidays, Since I couldn't we find are, any more reindeers. Yeah, we are celebrating <sighs> with uh, the Rocky Patel Old World Reserve Maduro. Uh, this sports a Costa Rica wrapper with Nicaragua binder, Costa Rican and Nicaraguan fillers. And um, and the the Old World Reserve is not a new cigar, but it's kind of a re-release. This is the first time it's been available in a box press uh, version. So yeah, little, I think... A little something um, new for the old world. They were initially released in 2005, but I think um, went away in 2012. And then, you know, the IPCPR 2018 trade show, they're uh, back and better than ever. Which, <laughs> we're you know... back, bitches! <laughs> yeah, um... This is a uh, kind of interesting with the uh, Costa Rican Maduro. I mean, it's um, not quite a sweet, um, and a, a bit more, more peppery than than yeah. I most mean, it's, Maduros. It's um, the the pepper is probably the the pom- prominent note. Uh, the other one is the earthiness. Like that's that's one thing. Like oftentimes I describe earthy, and I'm like, man, am I really using that description accurately? But you know, here I definitely it's it's airy. It's you know, smooth. yeah. Because some people it's, are like, it tastes like earthy. It must taste like dirt. No, it tastes like you know when you're in like the forest. You get that you can kind of, you know how like when you smell something, you can kind of taste it. So you know, being around like you know rich soil and whatnot just that kind of like flavor you get from the smell of it all and and uh you know that's so much of a you know a a cigar is um you know the aroma um because aroma absolutely impacts you know your your taste and everything so uh, uh i mean there's not too many bad Rocky Patel cigars out there, so you know I, I don't think anybody is surprised when we say, "Hey, this is great." Um, obviously, this was a another home run with uh, Cigar Aficionado. It looks like they came in at a uh, you know rocking ninety two. So straight um, nine do son. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for a you know reasonably pl- priced ninety plus cigar, and um, you know want to give something a try. Highly recommend, um, you know, the Old World Reserve Maduro. And since this is our our Christmas uh, episode, you know, there's nothing really more old world than Santa Claus. I mean, especially you know, you know, he travels you know all the way around the world in in one night. You know, little little old school technology and whatnot. You know, so 
since uh, since I couldn't find any more of the uh, the old uh, CAO holiday cigars, uh, yeah, this was the closest thing we could find to a <laughs> Christmas stick. Well, and and the reason for that is you know in past holidays or Christmases or you know Kwanzas, Hanukkahs, whatever you want to call it, hey, you know, um, this is going to be the the tr- traditional coessential Christmas episode. Yeah, and you know. People are like, oh, you got to say the happy holidays. Listen, man, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you tell, if if you don't celebrate, you know, Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, if you don't celebrate anything, happy Tuesday in December, man. I mean, whatever, dude. If someone tells me happy whatever, if it's not something I celebrate, you know what I say? Thanks, man. You too. People get offended way too fucking easily these days. And it seems like this Christmas people have been, like, extra offended. So, well, we might divulge into that later too and just like talk about some of the controversy we're gonna start talking about like you know some family friendly fun for once because we normally we've talked about you know bad christmas movies non-christmas movies christmas horror movies christmas comedies so this is like the first year we're kind of talking about a even though it's new a more traditional christmas experience yeah. <laughs> which is is odd and, and also, i mean we've you know even got the uh you know official cigar nerd you know christmas tree up and on display and i'm sure that'll be all over instagram and i'm really thinking for next year we need to move away from the black tree <laughs> cuz uh the or we need more colorful ornaments <laughs> Yeah. It's kind uh, of blend into the, but, the um, black background. Yes, it, very much so. But it'll be on display, and all of it, you know, cheeky Charlie Brown, you know, uh, ugly Christmas tree goodness. And if you want to help Santa go around the world in one night, you know what he needs? Strikeforceenergy.com. You know, promo code CIGARNUS for 20% off your order. Put a couple squirts in his glass of milk, man. He'll appreciate that. Come to your house. He'll be energized for the rest of his trip. There's hold, nothing hold funnier on. than a bunch of caffeinated elves, too. Well, I, I'm kind of wondering, though. You Dude, probably... Strike Force can go in any fluid. <laughs> I'm just saying you probably don't want to put lemon in the milk and be like, why is it soured milk? You know, that, that's a great way to get a lump of coal. Put a couple squirts in your eggnog, man. <laughs> now that may work. You know, Also, if you, you know... They come in those little tiny tin pouches. Great stocking stuffers, man. Just throw a handful in, in your in somebody's stocking. They'll be you know caffeinated till New Year's. And with that, we'll be right back with some holly jolly. Oh, ladies, let's get this party started. Christmas. No sleigh with reindeer, no sack on my back. You're gonna see me coming in a big black Cadillac. Oh, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. Welcome 
<laughs> I mean, that went from like jolly to like, <laughs> like got a little spooky a, there. A, a bit like Halloweenish. Uh... I don't know. I got, I got lost there for a second. It was like yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Actually, it was. <laughs> so actually, I think you went. You know, Christmas before the nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a great, another great classic. Yeah. So this time we're going to talk about a, uh, I guess what looking to be a new. Uh, holiday classic uh netflix uh, just released a a christmas movie called the christmas chronicle starring kurt russell as santa claus santa snake pliskin is in the house <laughs> big trouble in little north pole <laughs> are we just going to keep going with that or you know now nah, you're having to think about it too much no. tango and rudolph <laughs> All right, I think I'm out of Kurt Russell references now. 3,000 miles to the South North Pole. <laughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 2018 Christmas Chronicles directed by Kay Katis. Yeah, so this is one that, like, you know, kind of, like, just popped up on the radar. It's like, what the fuck's well, Kurt Russell's you know, playing Santa Claus? You know, I had seen reviews, and, you know, by and large, most of them were positive, but I actually had no idea what this, you know, film entailed. I didn't watch any, you know, trailers or anything. I just kind of jumped right in, and I was like, holy shit. It's, you know, an updated, more modernized christmas story yeah because i'm like that's the thing i saw the picture of kurt russell as santa claus but i'd not really heard anything about it but then people at work and, and rum's like oh nah dude you got to see this It's freaking amazing and you know net, it being a netflix show we don't have any kind of like box office numbers and netflix is notorious for not kind of releasing what the ratings of their shows are but this one i guess was so huge that the president of netflix actually came out and said we had like 20 million streams within the first week of it airing. <laughs> so apparently this thing is like doing huge uh, here in the in the holiday season. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I find myself, you know, kind of what originally stirred this topic about was thinking, you know, we've done every alternative, you know, <laughs> holiday type thing we could really think of. And it's like, you know, in, in the, you know, modern political correctness era, why don't we just focus on the fucking classics? Because I think that's kind of maybe what's wrong with fucking people these days. <laughs> and I got to say, like I said, Kurt Russell, you say Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, you're like, nah, that can't work. Because Russell's not a, a, a jolly fat man like myself. But then you see him and I'm like, He's fucking amazing. I mean, he look like he. I mean, a little bit of Kenny Rogers going on, but the hair and the beard is just majestic as fuck. I'm like, you know, I, I'm starting to get a little gray. Like, I I can't wait to like reach retirement age now, where I don't have to like cut my hair or shave. I, like, I want the full Kurt Russell Santa Claus beard and hair because I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> just remember, it's all in the hat. Wait, or is it? I don't know. <laughs> but yes, it, it was quite majestic. And you see, and this and kind of the the 
I guess kind of the hook behind it too, you know, the Santa Chronicles or Christmas Chronicles. This is all about a, a family, uh, played by, you know, uh, the dad, uh, played by Oliver, uh, was it Hudson? Uh, yeah, Oliver Hudson, uh, the father of the family, Doug, the wife, uh, Claire played by Kimberly, William Paisley and older brother, Judah Lewis, uh, AKA Teddy and the youngest child, Kate Darby. Uh, played by Darby Camp. This is their first Christmas without their father. Their father was a was a fireman who back up back up. I think we need to give folks, you know, a bit of a a, a spoiler alert, you know, um, before we go too much into the the backstory. In case you know, folks are just hearing the and then like, oh, I should go check this out. So, <laughs> kind of spoiler alert. There we go. But the movie starts with, you know. Which you find out, you know, the little girl watching old school, uh, you know, mini VHS cassettes and her her, her old ass uh, tape recorder. But like her father's super obsessed with Christmas and they have this super happy, holly jolly, traditional family Christmas. And she's like watching videos of every Christmas. So it's like just kind of each year you're seeing them grow up and them progress and, you know, and how they're. Christmases have all gone and then cut to this is the first Christmas without any kind of real Christmas spirit and dad's gone and it's Christmas Eve and we've barely directorated anything and you know it's it's starts with a, with a sad note and just kind of gets awesome from there <laughs> yeah and I, I gotta say like you know I mean I, I, I think this film did a great job of you know going over the commercialization of christmas you know like all of the advertising all of the you know just the generic you know fat man red coat you know and yeah because i mean we'll get into them meeting santa claus in a minute but yeah that was one thing that the the running joke throughout the whole thing is like you know santa claus is like no i don't say ho 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 that's freaking fake news that's like some bullshit advertising and he's like and why does everybody keep like drawing me as this fat guy you know he's like because everyone's like, you don't really look like Santa Claus. He's like, dude, I do keto, I eat right, I work out, but no, I'm like always predicted as a fat guy. <laughs> <coughs> it's just kind of funny because, like I said, Kurt Russell did not go the whole, you know, Tim Allen and the Santa Claus and put on a fat suit. He's like, no, nah, I'm still buff Santa. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a great thing, you know. I eat a million cookies one night a year. The rest of the year, I'm, you know. Mrs. Claus is keeping me on point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's like, he's like, yeah, I get, I get it. Where coming? Who can eat, a, you know, a million cookies and not get fat? This guy. That's who can do that. <laughs> you know, he's just like, he's like, you know, Santa's benching like you know three fifty in the <laughs> in the off season, <laughs> working out, you know, running with the reindeer and shit. You know, getting that strike force energy and uh, you know, jogging two miles a day. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of legwork that that goes into everything. I mean, that's that's a lot of prep, man. Yeah, but it's, I, it's hard to make all those toys. You know, I I don't know. I mean, the, the the modern you know twist, you know, as far as you know, seeing the elves, the reindeer, the sleigh, and everything else, like you know, it, it was like you know, 
the the steampunk of Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of cool, you know, to see it, you know, with a watch that you know monitoring Christmas spirit, or the fact that that you watch know, was bad. <laughs> the uh, the sled is decked out in like a a fifty seven Chevy, you know, Bel Air dashboard, <laughs> like you know. yeah, this like you know to back it up a little bit, yeah, you know, the the sun has kind of kind of. Turn, turn into a typical teenage asshole, you know, and is is starting down a, a the naughty path. And the sister, of course, like follows him out with his friends and catches him like stealing a car. So, you know, and then mom's a, a nurse and gets called away to has to work on Christmas Eve. So they're left to themselves. And as she's going through these holiday tapes, she finds like kind of like finding a ghost in a, and you know, she sees a hand come out and deliver a present that shouldn't be there. And she's like, Oh my God, Santa Claus is real. So she blackmails her brother. And like, if you don't want mom seeing the tape of you committing a felony, you're going to help me catch Santa Claus. <laughs> and we're going to do a, it's like that thing will get a million views on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, kind of, you know, modernizing the whole story. Like if we can get Santa on tape, like we're, we're going to make bank. That's going to, we're going to be like internet famous and shit. So they have to set up the whole, uh, MacGyver esque, uh, <laughs> alarm system with well, I mean, I, I like jingle that, bells then, and tripwire. You know, I also too, you know, where they you know start dropping the um, you know the talc powder, and it's like <laughs> I've seen this on Ghost Hunting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> what are you doing? I saw it in Ghost Adventures, <laughs> and sure enough, it works. She's like the they hide in the closet eating junk food, and with a with the camera set up, and yeah, you know, their little alarm goes off and sees the elf on the shelf footprints through the, and sure enough, there's Santa Claus. And they get in this whole like chase trying to like, you know, chase him around the and it's like, you know, he's like freaking moving at warp speed like the flash, going through like turning into dust and going down chimneys and everything. And then they happen like round a corner and there's like the the sleigh and the rangers just hovering. And it's very much like UFO stuff. It almost has that like hum, like you always see in like sci fi movies of like UFOs like huddling there and they're like, Alright, we gotta get inside. But the yeah, the sleigh is like, you know, most of your old traditional Christmas stuff you see, it's just a sleigh. It's all the magic of Christmas. But this thing has like a tricked out dashboard with this like globe with these like mechanical things. And like, I mean, it's very kind of Doctor Who steampunk, like mix of magic and technology, which I kind of like. I mean, it was I very like that alt art, history. Art and that's direction what I liked. of it all. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, like, you know. Santa gets back in the sleigh, and they're it's like, "It's almost like off. Santa had a TARDIS." Yeah, <laughs> or at least his bag was one. When they get to, when they get to his bag, and it's like, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> I was very much. I was like, "Shit, Santa's a time lord." That's how he delivers all his presents in one night. That sleigh is a time, and it teleports from like city to city and stuff. You know, I thought that was cool. Where it kind of goes into like the little uh, interdimensional, you know, you know, freaking wormhole to get from <laughs> city to city. But then she's like, uh, Santa, can you turn the heat up? And like scares the shit. <laughs> that was probably the funniest thing. We're like, the little girl is like, you know, you're Santa. You're by yourself. Just you and your reindeers chilling, going like 200 miles per hour. And all of a sudden, tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. And you're like, you just straight up shit your pants. <laughs> and Santa drops some coal and, uh, you know, lost control of the sleigh, almost gets hit by a, a freaking, uh, <laughs> 747, you know, freaking <laughs> yeah. Boeing jet. You're like, what? The reindeers break. Free. I like that when the reindeers break free, and then he like hits a button, and like these, like you know, it turns into a glider. Like wings come out, and like these like joysticks and stuff come out, and he, you know, tries to bring it into a landing, and just you know rolls it, and and so, yeah, but yeah, that whole like crash sequence was 
like you know we've talked about you know Netflix originals not skimping on special effects and stuff. I'm like that whole like crash sequence was badass. That was like something like straight out of a freaking action movie. It was almost, you know, that moment that... Um, we got know, a red ha- sleigh down! Red sleigh down! <laughs> Hans Gruber, you know, takes a plunge from one Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> and, and it is officially Christmas because Die Hard was on TV the other night. So I, I always say, it's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall off a Nakatomi Tower. And that has been successful so far. <laughs> when he do that, you know, there's all those things on there where, like, if you start this movie at a certain time something special happens at a certain time that needs to be, we need to figure out exactly when you have to start die hard. So Hans falls at midnight on Christmas day. I thought we <laughs> had looked that up before. I think we have. Uh, I know if you start star Wars at a certain time, the death star will explode at uh, midnight on new year's. I did that last year. <laughs> I don't know. I still try to do dark side of the rainbow with wizard of Oz. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it, Santa's Santa's kind of a kind of an asshole at first too. You know, he's like he's like, oh yeah, you know, y'all y'all are on the naughty list for life, <laughs> peace. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, if y'all have ruined Christmas for like you know, take your time getting home, kids, because there's not gonna be another tree. Because y'all have ruined Christmas. Because there's no way I can complete my. Pass now. They're like, and the one guy, you know, like I said, the typical asshole teenager who's got to, you know, that's you see in most Christmas movies, someone has to find their Christmas spirit. That's like kind of like the story of someone's. I mean, you got Scrooge, you got you know, all these famous. You got the Grinch. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the heart has to grow three sizes that day. So he's the the one who's kind of a, a dick at the start, and he's like, so what if a bunch of freaking materialistic kids don't get any Christmas. And he's like, no, you don't understand like how important the Christmas spirit is. The last time I, I didn't deliver presents, uh, the dark ages happened. Like, remember all those wars and stuff you read about in school? Yeah. That's what happens when I don't keep the Christmas spirit up. So it's like, it's, there's more at stake here than people not getting a new Xbox. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I, I thought it did a, a very good, you know, transition from, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, immediately after that, you know, when, you know, it's like, well, I don't really have, you know, cash or anything. So he walks into the restaurant addressing everybody by name. And it's like, it's almost like something out of Pulp Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because he's like, uh, yeah, because he loses his hat, loses his reindeer and loses his sack. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. (laughs) But he's like, he's like, well, Got to go. And he tries to fly. And he's like, "Oh, I crashed." He's like, um, "I lost my hat." He's like, "My the hat's what gives me my my lets me shape shift and and move at fast speed." So we're gonna have to do this the old fashioned way. We got to find a ride. And then when he goes in that that bar or restaurant, our, our first like the restaurant where he's like, he's like, "Hey, Billy, you know, I got you a bike when you were six. Can you give me a ride?" And everyone's like, "Who is this crazy old?" And find the one like lady's like on the you know, because Santa's kind of you know naive just you know he thinks everyone should know who exactly who he is well i mean if he walked in you know people would be like who is this homeless dude in a uh, santa suit and why has he got these two kids i mean that's exactly (laughs) yeah like the ladies on the phone like yeah there's a guy harassing people and yeah he's there's a possibly an amber alert situation going on and the kid's like bro we gotta get and then the the bartender guy 
And he's like, oh, kids, this dude's on the naughty list Hall of Fame. Like, and he starts just reading. He goes like, you just got out of prison, didn't you? And all the for and you know, he, and he's like, yeah, I guess your parole officer wouldn't know, want you to know about stealing that red uh, Dodge Magnum, huh? Or Dodge Charger. <laughs> And, you know, freaking, he's about to come out on a with a baseball bat at him yeah, and stuff. And then, well, I, I thought that was kind of cool because then he looks over at Teddy and he's like, you know, this could be you in a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I well, mean, Santa keeping it real. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's like, look at him, kid. Here's your future. <laughs> yeah, Santa's a little bit, uh, a little bit gangsta. Uh. <laughs> I mean, dude, he he does Christmas in Hollis. Okay, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and of course they crash land in Chicago too. So it's like, <laughs> like, oh, y'all might get jacked. <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of interesting, though. The whole, well, we're gonna steal the already stolen car, and <laughs> yeah, because they go outside. You know, the kid sneaks over to the valet and like takes a car. And he's like, he's like, all right, we we got to get a ride. He's like, yeah, but I don't know about doing it this way. We can't really steal a car. He goes. Yeah, but you didn't see which car I took. And he like, chick, chick. And it's like the red charger. He's like, it's already stolen. After we get a ride, we can drop it off for the police and return it. And he's like, you got a point. <laughs> and then the whole car chase ensues. I mean, uh, I think, I, in the action sequences, man, I feel like are giving Fast and the Furious a, a pretty hefty run for their money. Yeah, because I mean, it was it was Fast and the Furious if it meets the uh, the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> oh yeah, because I love like Santa just starts pulling all kind of junk and stuff out of the glove box and like pulls out the radio. They're like, "What are you doing?" And he like rewires it, and all of a sudden he can listen to like the police scanner trying to figure out where the uh, reindeer are. And they're like, "How did you do that?" And he's like, "Kid, I'm the greatest tour maker in the world. Of course, I can hotwire radio." <laughs> it's like this is nothing, you know. Oh, but yeah, eventually, like they they figure out kind of where the reindeer are. Yeah, and he's like riding around the roof, like like, and the, but the cops show up because they're driving a stolen car. So he's like, "All right, girl, you, I believe in you. Go get my reindeer. Uh, we're gonna keep the cops busy." <laughs> and then Santa's like, "Let me drive." Because at this point, the the juvenile delinquent is the one driving, and then Santa just like. Freaking hauling ass in that you know red charger, which of course you know, if Santa's gonna drive a car, it's gonna be a bright red charger. And he's like, I just traded eight reindeer for four hundred horses. <laughs> he's having like a, a good ass time. <laughs> yeah, until they like you know ramp it into a snow off a snowbank, and it's like, oh yeah, Santa, <laughs> Santa didn't do well on that one. But up until that point, Santa was having a blast. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh... I had flashbacks, and I'm like, you know, Bo Duke probably felt the same way. (laughs) (laughs) He does kind of have an Uncle Jesse thing going on with that beard. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, like the, just the, the, uh, the weird technology. Like I said, we already talked about, like, the dashboard and all its cool little, little gadgetry. And, uh, you know, once they, they find the reindeer... And after Santa gets pulled over, and the cops are like, he gets out and he's like, ah, was it Mickey Dave? <laughs> it's like he goes, y'all two, you know, you know, uh, grew up, uh, and the you know, start telling, and they're just like, dude, fuck, you know, he's like, he's like, no, no, like, you know, you keep trying to tell them like facts about themselves, and they're just like, 
Great, Whatever. you can read a name tag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Santa hands off. He's got. He's like pulls out this little glowing orb thing, and he's like, it beeps. The, he's like, I, I freaking low jacked the sack. You know, it's it's like, here, find my my sack. It'll get you to the uh, the elves. They they're the ones that can help you. And uh, you know, Santa like yeah gets arrested so the kids can ride off on the reindeer. And the one cop sees the reindeer fly away, but he's like the only one. So the rest of them are like. Are you crazy too? And he's like trying to like, no, nah, I meant the reindeer just flew. And they're all like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that interrogation scene when they get Santa to the jail and the the one cop who's like having none of it because he was the one arresting Santa Claus. He didn't see the magic. And he's like, all right, what's your name? Don't give me this Santa Claus bullshit. He's like, well, actually, it's St. Nicholas. You know, I, I prefer, <laughs> you know, officially, you know, it's, it's St. Nick. <laughs> he's like, whatever. Although I'm not a saint, you know, we're still working on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, here you go. He like pulls out, starts pulling all these toys out of his jacket. And he's like, we patted you down. He's like, yes, you did. And you were thorough. <laughs> like, well, just, it's magic. <laughs> and he's like, what is this? He's like, well, this is everything you've ever wanted. He's like, He's like, when you were eight, when you were nine, when you, he's like, should I keep going? He's like, no, no. He's like, all right, we'll skip ahead till today. I know what you want for Christmas today. He's like, all right, try me. He's like, you want your your ex-wife. And he's like, what? He's like, call her. And he's like, that's bullshit, man. He like freaking locks him up. But that leads to like probably one of my favorite scenes in the uh, the the movie. Because I swear to God, Kurt Russell is obsessed with Elvis. He wants to be attempt to be Elvis in pretty much any movie he shows up in. But, I mean, definitely got some talent. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that was a badass uh, musical. I mean, because not Christmas unless you have a musical number. <laughs> and you got to get Santa, like, away so the kids can kind of try to strive on their own. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's in the he's in the jail cell drunk tank with all these other other inmates and they bring in three prostitutes and have them locked up in the cell next to He's like, man, if you're going to arrest me on Christmas, at least play some Christmas music. And he's like, exactly. And he's like, and he's like, looks as much. Oh, you know, Christmas spirits down to like 19%. We maybe some music will help. And he goes to the two other like drunks in the back. And he's like, uh, he's like, Wolfie, what I get you for your something other birthday. Oh, that, you know, nice sunburst, you know, Gibson or Les Paul or what. Yes. And, and what about you? And he's, oh, you got me some other guitar. Well, where are they? Well, they're in the pawn shop, Santa. You know, other habits uh, got in the way. <laughs> Typical musicians, right? I mean, I think everybody, you know, that's <laughs> been in the music world, you know, can sort of relate to that. You know? <laughs> but it's like, he's like, uh, other habits got in, the, got in the way, Santa. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Uh, but then he like you know pulls out the the guitars out of his out of his pockets because he's Santa Claus and uh, a freaking horn starts handing out and the one guy's not part of the band he's like what am I gonna do with it and he's like I don't play the horn he's like try it and like plays like the best horn of his life he's like wow <laughs> you don't need talent you need magical instruments that's how we get a band and then Santa just puts on like the best rendition of Santa's back in town. <laughs> Since jail, I mean, it was straight jailhouse rock. I mean, it reminded me of a scene from Blues Brothers. It yes, was very much like... Very much, yes. He even pulls out the sunglasses and, and puts on the sunglasses and... Dude, you're <laughs> not a true rock star until you put on the shades, okay? Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, it, 
I, I think to be a rock star, you got to have the shade and at least, you know, if you're a vocalist, at least one power slide across the stage. I mean, you know, and of course, Destiny uh, should have taught, you know, most musicians just the basics. Yeah, and if you are you know, a, a fan of music, yeah, the the you know, at least I'm not sure who the rest of the band was, but you know, Wolfie, the the man who panned his panned his guitar was was uh, Stephen Van Zandt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was there was some quality uh, musical uh, uh, cameos in in the movie, but yeah, that that whole little like soul uh, rock version of of uh, and, and yeah, the whole when he puts on the sunglasses too, he's like. I got no reindeer. I got no uh, sack on my back. When I'm coming ta- into town, I'll be in a black Cadillac. <laughs> and just put, I just start freaking rocking it. I guess I can't say, you know, Impala or Caprice <laughs> or, you know. I mean, you got to rhyme with sack. You know, black Cadillac is about as good as it goes. <laughs> oh. I don't know. And a cop cruiser, I'll be in the back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, all the cops come in. Now they're all like, and they're all like jamming too. And the one guy who's like, he's like, yeah, y'all thought I was crazy. He's like, freaking reindeers fly, man. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. That's what was, you know, great. And then, you know, it's like, the uh you know the one officer that just you know even even after like these instruments mysteriously appear and everything yeah he's still like, like I'm not a hundred percent yeah convinced. he's like all right you know I, I I'm taking you somewhere and he's like hold on you need to take that first and of course it's the you know X calling and it's yeah like, inviting him oh yeah home for like, some coffee or whatever because maybe it's cold outside <laughs> exactly oh but the to pause on Santa's story, let's get back to what's going on with the kids, because their little—I mean, it's almost like adventure. the Junies, you know. I yeah. Because <laughs> you know, the little girl finds the reindeer, and of course, <laughs> when they're trying to like, bri- yeah, you know, buy a ride off of uh, somebody at the restaurant, all only thing Santa's got on him is a bag of candy canes, <laughs> and she ends up like, you know, convincing the reindeer that she's cool by giving them candy canes because. Apparently reindeers love candy canes. They're like, all right, kids got candy. She's cool. <laughs> we'll listen to her. Uh, and they, you know, are able to track Santa's sack down. And you know, and they have a you know good kind of because they've kind of grown apart because the the brothers kind of turned into a to a dickhead and and you know and he even kind of has a moment where they they walk by a church and they're like, yeah, we've not been to church since since Dad passed. And they're playing Christmas music. And they're like, this was his favorite song. And he's like. And he he starts kind of going into he's like I'm just I wish you could talk to him again because yeah you know, I never got to say something you know they always, they keep cutting it off before he actually gets to say what he wanted to say but you know he he kind of starts to show a little bit of heart again and they eventually track the the sack down and it's in the park which you know you don't want to be a in a park at yeah midnight in, <laughs> in, in Chicago you'll get you'll get robbed and sure. Little girl crawls into the sack, and like I said, the sack's like a TARDIS. It's like she's like crawling through all these presents, and like a weird little elf pops up and like digs farther down. And sure enough, she's like transported to the no- the North Pole. And I like when she's like kind of flying through all the presents, like raising up. There's like cars I mean, floating like, by, uh, and know, like just- <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory esque right there, only with you know Christmas presents and yeah. such. It's, I don't know. It was kind of cool. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, because it's like I mean, it's, it's all the and then she kind of like floats down to this like giant like like all the presents are rising up off this like Christmas tree conveyor belt thing, and and the set of the North Pole too is probably one of the coolest like versions of Santa's workshop we've we've seen in a movie. I mean, it's it's huge and like he has this whole like library, th- you know, because at one point you know she's trying to film a video to ask give Santa her less and the, and the brother's like, of course he's not going to listen. Santa doesn't watch tapes. Like he only takes handwritten notes. <laughs> and sure enough, he's got this whole like library full of shelves of like, you know, those like old like card files. And it's like everybody's, uh, Christmas, uh, lists like, you know, organized by your know, name and, and year. But then he has this whole wall of TV screens too. And she hits a button and like, like these hundred TV screens pop up and it's like all the videos kids have sent him too. So he's still, yeah, even though it's like old school, he's still, he's still rocking the new, uh, the new technology. <laughs> Santa knows how to party, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, that was some straight up NSA shit though. For real. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, from whenever dark night when, uh, when he hacks all the cell phones, he's <laughs> listening to like all the cell phones at once. Yeah. Santa's big brother. He he sees you when you're sleeping. He sees when you. <laughs> he knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness' sake. <laughs> that got dark. I don't know. I saw a meme where like Santa was hunting down somebody on the naughty list. It was it was amusing. <laughs> oh yes. And then we meet the elves. <laughs> and I. I gotta say, it was an interesting take because it's not your traditional, you know, elf in a green suit with a funny hat. Like, no, man, these these elves are like mischievous and straight gangsta. They're, <laughs> like, they're like little gremlins. Yes, yeah, because like we've traditionally seen. It's almost like somebody gave them water after midnight. Yeah, it's like elves have always been kind of portrayed as either little people or you know, tiny humans. Where this time they're like they got pointy ears and tails are like little creatures. And it's like, they're all like kind of staring at her and she's like, hi, uh, Santa sent me. And then they all are like, and like all jump her. And you're like, Oh shit. She's about to get eaten by some elves. Oh, it's like a herd of chihuahuas coming at you. <laughs> and that was the thing too. It was like, I think we talked about this when we talked about, uh, uh, gremlins. How there's like, you know, a hundred of them, but they actually took the time to give each one of them like an individual like personality. personality and yes. <laughs> like, as you see them, you're, you're painting like each of them's like a little different. You got the one who's just kind of like strung out on candy canes, just like the little fat one is like constantly eating. He's like, bro, I'm hooked. <laughs> and of I'm course, addicted to the sugar. <laughs> yeah. And of course they all speak something that kind of sounds like, cause Santa's from the North Pole. So it's like a, and he's also like kind of you know, Germanic in history. So it's like a Finnish, like uh Norwegian type accent. That they're all speaking. I don't know. I just never thought I'd see the day where, you know, we'd have a uh, chainsaw wielding uh, elf. And <laughs> that's when the shit got dark. That was freaking hilarious because while she has, has traveled to the North pole and is trying to recruit the elves, the brother's trying to protect the sack and gets, Kidnapped by a bunch of uh, <laughs> thugs in the park, uh, and bring they bring him back to their boss because you know of course the kid was starting down the naughty path by stealing cars, so he gets taken to a 
chop shop with a bunch of uh, professional car thieves. And they're like, hey, boss, we found this kid with like a bag full of Christmas presents. And he's like, ah, you're a little thief, too. And goes like, open up a present. But since these people are naughty, the presents automatically turn to coal. <laughs> and he's like, what's what's this, assholes? And like, they start, all of them start pulling out boxes and they're all like coal. <laughs> and he's like, don't waste my time. And like throws the, the bag in like the furnace. But the kid like fights him off and gets the bag out because he thinks that his sister is still in it. And, you know, and, and of course they, they capture him. He's like, all right. Take him outside, like, you know. This one's t- compost. Yeah, don't throw him in the recycling bin. He's compost, you know. And then all of a sudden, the bags start shaking, and, like, a freaking little elf pops up, and they're like, oh, shit, there's an elf. And all of a sudden, now there's 100 elves, and they're beating the shit out. And there he's like, and one of them's like, hi, little guy. And he's like, <laughs> he just, like, freaking goes full of, like, gremlin. And, like, that's the next movie I want to see is, like, a renegade team of elves fighting crime. Because <laughs> the vigilante Punisher elves just beating the shit out of like everybody it was it was awesome, uh, and then like you know he's like the last one left, and like oh we missed one, and they hold him down, and like the one elf comes up with a chainsaw, and they're about to like cut his nuts off. It's like holy shit, this just went from you know mischief to like these elves are bloodthirsty, <laughs> and even when the when the sister pops up, she's like no he's with me, he, he's all disappointed he didn't get to chop somebody's nuts off. He's like just drops his chainsaw like. I never get to have any fun. <laughs> I was like, it's the one psycho elf. <laughs> this is what I want to see in like some like you know next uh, Christmas horror movie we uh, <laughs> we watch is axe mur- and little tiny his little tiny chainsaw little axe murdering elf. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, we are getting another Leprechaun film, so I mean you know it's not too far fetched. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so then we uh, get back to Santa. And it's funny, when he loses his hat, too, he's like, damn it. He's like, yeah, Mrs. Claus told me I should always carry a spare. <laughs> and he he finally convinces the cop that, like, you know, him, you know, with that whole, like, your your wife is calling. He's finally like, all right, I believe you're Santa Claus, and, like, opens the, the jail cell, even though Santa Claus is like, I can definitely escape. <laughs> the... The little chainsaw wielding elf shows up and like cuts a hole in the roof, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, that's uh, that's my buddy. He's bringing me something." And drops his hat. And even though the cop's like, "All right, you're free to go," like opens up the thing. He's like, "He's like, nah, I got I got my own way out." Puts his hat on, does the traditional like twink, you know, placing a finger next to his nose, the the traditional Santa shooting up the chimney that we've always heard of, and then poof into the coal dust up the (laughs) the police department's chimney. And and escapes, but yeah, the the, the freaking chainsaw wielding. I was like, I finally got to cut something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like too when they when they crash the car for the car chase. And he's like, kid, if you happen to ever meet Mrs. Claus, we don't have to tell her about this. Because <laughs> even Santa Claus is afraid of his wife. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> Such is the way of the Christmas spirit. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so even after all that, they're still, yeah, Santa's like, can't do it. We've got an hour to go. There's no way I can do all that. I, I lost track of time while I was rocking, uh, rocking out in the jail <laughs> with my buddies. There's no way we can, we can do this. But the kid's like, no, we've come too far. And that's the whole thing too. The kid is one of the, his last presence, his father had given him a knife that says, 
a Pierce always sees it through and he's like, he's like, no, nah, we're doing this. And he's like, yeah, if he's like, you know, you're usually doing it by yourself, you know, we'll help you. And says, like, well, you know, if, if I don't have to carry my sack and you just throw all the presents out, I can move a lot faster. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, but you gotta, you drive. He's like, no. <laughs> it's like, nah, man, you, you've been driving all night. He's like, yeah, a car. This is a freaking magical sleigh. <laughs> He's like, Ah, it's all right. You just think of where you want to go and, and go. <laughs> and then kind of has a thing where he's like, you know, got to figure it out on your own kid. And you know, they're about to like run point blank into a, into a uh, train. He's like, you just got to believe. He's like, I do believe in you. He's like, no, no, you got to believe in yourself. And the kid finally finds his like confidence and Christmas spirit. And then goes like full Maverick top gun on that, <laughs> that sleigh. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's, you know, that, that was one of the things that I absolutely loved about this film is, you know, it just the different directions that it takes you down. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's got a good mix of action, comedy, you know, heartfelt emotion and just, you know, uh, you know, kind of, you know, traditional, you know, coming of age. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's. That's what I've come to expect out of everything Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as we talked about Santa's constant hatred of the fact that he's portrayed as a fat man when the kid's like trying to learn how to drive the sleigh and flies it right through one of those uh, Coca-Cola <laughs> fat Santa Christmas signs, which, you know, if you do the research, that is actually where the whole traditional Santa Claus that we now know uh, you know, as the, the jolly fat man in the red suit that was all from an advertising campaign back in the day. <laughs> so it's like, you know, people talk about the commercialization of Christmas. You know, our image of Santa Claus, literally, that's not part of the, the lore of the story. No, the way he's portrayed today came from advertising. <laughs> that, that was some, like, you know, ad exec back in the 50s came up with that shit. <laughs> and it's it's work. It's it's stuck. You know, everyone, that's how everyone sees, like, Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, you can't eat that many cookies and... You're not working that many calories off. <laughs> that's, that's that's hard to do. I mean, Santa's keto the rest of the year. You know, hits the gym hard. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to do in the North Pole except build, build toys and lift weights, man. Yeah, but I mean, dude, this dude is probably sitting there watching his, you know, thousand TV monitors and you know playing with his Rolodex. I mean, you know, you can hook up a treadmill while he's watching. <laughs> ain't happening <laughs> and to back up a little bit you know when the the sister is in the in the north pole she she goes and looks up her her brother's letters to santa and finds that he had wrote one that year and all he wanted was to speak to his dad like one more time and and that like i said that you know yeah my emotionless you know hard-ass self yeah that like i said his his one Christmas with that that you know brought a tear to my eye. I mean that was just such a, it like I said, it goes from badass action to to comedy to like some serious heartfelt like you know family storytelling. That's you know it's it's that's why this is like I said going to be a a new Christmas classic. Yeah, and I mean it's it's relatable. I mean you know and you know whether you're you know. First responder, you know, soldier, law enforcement, firefighter, anybody that's out there, you know, 
risking their own, you know, personal safety, you know, for, you know, complete strangers is, you know, anybody that's been faced with that kind of a loss, like, I'm sure those are, you know, real emotions, you know, that, you know, especially somebody in their teenage prime, you know, that's gonna, you know, fuck with them pretty hardcore, so. And... Uh, once they they complete, they they make all the deliveries, and he starts going through the book, and he's like, "What is he doing? He's checking it. He's he's checking the list. He's checking it twice." <laughs> That's the, like it's just all the classic like Santa Claus stories, just kind of like these, these little nods to everything. And then when he finds like, oh, one of the pages is stuck together. There's like a melted candy cane here, and the one fat elf is like. Sorry, bro. I just I just can't give up the candy. How many times have I told you? No eating in the sleigh. <laughs> He's like, just pats his belly. He's like, my bad, Santa. <laughs> and even the girl, like, at one point, like, when she's like, you know, because it's getting close. He's like, we need backup. Call in the elves. So, like, you know, the elves show up and, he, and they start grabbing packages and parachuting out of the uh, <laughs> little strike force guy. You know, freaking all parachuting out of the sleigh to, to help deliver presents. And uh, <laughs> she even, like, starts talking in their language at one point. She's like, and they both, like, stop and look at the camera. And she's like, Santa, I figured out how to speak Elvish. <laughs> and he's like, welcome to the club, kid. That <laughs> 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 was funny, too, when he's in the, the restaurant talking to all these people. And he starts to speak in different languages. And, like, the one guy is, like, responds. Then he goes, like, I also speak a- a- English, asshole. <laughs> it's like, did you just assume my ethnicity? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah, they of course like you know, make the final delivery and and try to get back home. <laughs> and as like the girl's like, "Come on, man!" Or yeah, he gives the 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 kid the hat, and he's like, "Don't you need this to fly?" He's like, "Do I?" And then it's kind of like the sleigh like you know lifts up off the ground. He's like, "Santa Claus, man!" And he's like, "Oh, you just been like you know." The whole time he, he could have left him and finished the night, but he, you know, perfectly, you know, or you know, purposely, you know, pretended to be hamstringed and and get the kids to help him so they could find their their Christmas spirit and whatever. He was kind of doing all this for for them. It wasn't just saying he had to have them along. And the whole time it was all part of Santa's grand plan, which I thought was kind of a cool twist at the end. And she's like, one more. He's like, she's like, can you do it? He's like. I told you it's fake news. I'm not going to do it. She's like, just once. He's like, fine. <laughs> he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and then she like ejects, opens the thing, and he's like, fuck, there's no tape. <laughs> he's like, you really thought he was going to let us keep the tape? <laughs> he's like, damn it. <laughs> uh, and I like too when she was talking, uh, first recording her uh, her uh, wish list. She's like, I've been mostly good. I only like use foul language occasionally when my brother's, uh, uh, you know, making me mad. <laughs> and then her brother comes, throws him energy, and she's like, "Shit!" And he's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> or, or, or whatever she's <laughs> said. And when she figures out to speak Elvish, because that's one thing she said, like, I mean, I gotta see in Spanish, but uh, you know, everything else is uh, my grades are doing pretty good. So when she's like, "Santa, I speak Elvish," we're like, "I bet, you, I bet you're gonna do better on your uh, your next Spanish test, huh?" <laughs> And I just got over that, you know, issue with learning languages. I mean, that's how you learn. You just got to go full immersion. <laughs> what better way than with some elves? Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I think for me, like one of the uh, one of the cool scenes, and you know, it was the way they did the the reindeer. So you know, when you know we wind back and the uh, girl stumbles upon the reindeer, her actually getting on the reindeer, and you know, realizing I have no control over this beast. This thing is out of control. <laughs> it's like, help! I'm falling! I'm falling! <laughs> Somebody help me! <laughs> It was weird because all the reindeer were there except for one. Well, because it wasn't foggy. <laughs> I mean, he only comes out when it, when Santa needs uh you know some halogens. <laughs> yeah, perfect weather. No need for Rudolph with his nose so bright. I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe maybe you know they wouldn't have had that close encounter with the jet. The jet would have been like, hey, there's something in the distance. You know, I'm I'm gonna you know I modify mean, my course. Sa- I mean, they had to go over Paris, and they were in the clouds, and, you know, the clouds were thick. Yeah, I mean, Santa's getting, you know, harassed by all the freaking, you know, hipster social justice warriors. That it's like, we can't watch Rudolph anymore. It's not been offensive for 50 years, but now this promotes bullying, so we can't watch this anymore. He almost got Santa killed. You know, he didn't bring Rudolph out to make all y'all happy, and he almost gets hit by a plane over Paris. Fuck your political correctness, you almost got Santa Claus killed and started another dark age. Hope you're happy, assholes. That should have been a closing (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Sack up, listen to Baby It's Cold Outside, Santa Baby, Charlie Brown, whatever else shit that's not been offensive for 50 years is suddenly, like, can't be done. Get over it. Like, it's Christmas. It's the time we're supposed to all... Be all holly jolly and come together, and you fuckers want to get pissed off about dumb shit. Well, I mean, you know, I saw one of the best memes was like, "Oh, you're offended by a 50 year old Christmas song? Have you not listened to a rap song in the last 20 years?" <laughs> I mean, which is kind of crazy because I mean, you know, I'll throw down with some gangster rap occasionally, but you know, I guess the difference is you just gotta, you know, not take so much shit to heart. Like, you know, I mean, damn. No, I do like too, and like. They're like, we we got to fix the sleigh. Can you guys fix it? And all the elves are like, bitch, please. And like they all just pull out tools. It's like, yeah, we can fix it. <laughs> I mean, they got a tool for everything. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they were constructing cars and everything else. I mean, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I guess somebody's getting a new Mercedes. Yeah. Hopefully that, that's my stocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, oh. Uh, and when they they uh, you know, the mom shows up and they're like, "What are you doing?" Like, "Uh, we were just out here waiting for you," and go inside the house and like, "Well, what have y'all been doing all night?" And the house is like perfectly decorated and it's like, "Oh, this is just like your father would decorate it." And you know they they uh, and that was the other thing too. There was uh, when she was going through Santa's where she finds like this book and it's like the book of true believers and it shows like her whole family tree except for her brothers like not on the list. Uh, but then like, you know, the, the, they start going through the presents and they find the traditional ugly Christmas sweaters that their aunt always sends them. And then they find, Oh, here's these presents from Santa. And it's the skateboard she wanted. Cause she's like, her brother wouldn't let her skateboard with him. So she wanted to skate her own skateboard. And then, you know, he's got a present and it opens up and there's like a note and it's like, I got your letter and I'm sorry, it's just not in my power to fulfill your wish, but I did the best I could. And he's like, Oh, there's a crappy old 
ornament. <laughs> and she's like, well, look, there's the perfect spot on the tree for it. So, you know, when he hangs it up, he's looking at his reflection in this gold ornament. And it turns to his dad. And, you know, they're doing the thing he, he wanted to say to his, because at one point he's like, you know, problem, one of the problems he was having with his dad passed, he's like, I'm so angry at him because he risked his life to help strangers and died going into a fire to help strangers when he had a family at home and, you know, didn't think about us. But, you know, the thing he really wanted to tell his father that he was actually proud of him. And, you know, so he's able to say that to his father's reflection and his, the reflection, you know, said, yeah, I'm proud of you too. And yeah, that's the one that's like, Oh God, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited the onion cutting ninjas anyway? <laughs> so, so it's damn elves. Quit chopping uh, onions with your chainsaw, little man. <laughs> oh, and then, and then you get, you know, Santa back at, you know, back home with his long night and he's, he's adding Teddy's name to the book of true believers. And, and of course, probably the, the, the funniest cameo, you know, well, he's sitting there, you know, trying to relax uh, by the fire, and in comes Mrs. Claus with, with, uh, with the with the the firewood, and it's Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell's wife. <laughs> Who else would play Mrs. Claus? And she's like, "Oh yeah, I had a had a hell of a night." And she's like, "Oh yeah, there's you know, all, you know, I did get to speak a lot of English tonight." And, you know, and she's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of buzz all around the village. Something about a you know." Car chase and uh, <laughs> a jailbreak. He's like, ah, you know how elves talk. <laughs> they exaggerate. She's like, you were a, just a little naughty this year, weren't you? He's like, yeah, maybe I was. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait. She's like, well, what should we do tonight? Should we watch a, a classic Christmas movie? Uh, you know, uh, how was it? Uh, uh, freaking, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, the Grinch. And I kept waiting for her to say Die Hard. <laughs> And of course, Santa pulls out the the tape of the night's adventures that he had you know, confiscated from the little girl. He's like, "Well, I got a movie we can watch. <laughs> Since the elves already ratted me out, you might as well see uh, <laughs> see the whole story." <laughs> Pesky elves! <laughs> Can't trust elf man. They'll throw you under the sleigh every time. Yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> Uh, damn elves. So as we kind of work our way uh, to the end of the naughty and nice list, you know, what do you think of our, our adventure uh, so far? With Christmas? Well, I meant with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this here cigar. Uh, I... I- I mean, I'll say it again. I mean, the the movie kind of took me by surprise. I mean, I had no, you know, thoughts going into it because, I mean, I I hadn't watched any of the trailers. I mean, outside of people, you know, just giving positive feedback, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I was like, eh, you know, it's like, you know, it, it wasn't, you know... Frosty's Nightmare, or you know, um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, for my holiday tradition is uh, you know Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. You know, it's like, you know, like I said, we watched the Christmas horror movie. It's like I'm not one to sit down with a you know with a cup of eggnog and watch a holiday film, but everyone is like, this movie's amazing, and I was like, holy shit, this is actually a damn good movie for for something that's kind of appeared on Netflix one day. Like, you know, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it was. 
like you said, you know, I mean, it was exactly the roller coaster that y you said it was. I mean, it was action. It was, you know, comedy. It was, you know, heartfelt. It was coming of age. I mean, it was all of these types of things wrapped up into one under, you know, one central guise of, you know, people finding their way and, you know, back to Christmas and back to a, uh, you know, happier life. And, um, and, you know, when I first heard about this, you know, I was like, Kurt Russell, Santa Claus, this is Snake Plissken, man, you know, freaking uh, uh, Jack Burton. I'm like, usually when you think Santa Claus, you think of a an older, fatter man, yeah, but he's now my favorite Santa Claus. I mean, he, he sold it. I mean, it was... Yeah, complete with you know badass musical number. I mean, it's yeah, and I mean, I an like awesome the Santa fact Claus. too that you know, I mean, yeah, he is jolly, you know, and but you know, he's not an enabler, and he doesn't <laughs> just you know hand out gifts. He's like, no, you know, he he gives folks the opportunity to guide their own path and discover them on selves, and you know, I mean, I think that that's so much. You know what the holidays are about, you know? I mean, whether you make it religious, whether you, you know, have close family or, you know, you just celebrate with friends or whatever, you know? It's it's a time that, you know, folks can garner together, and, you know, enjoy what makes them happy. And, you know, a lot of times we stress too much about the, the money and the gift giving and everything and, you know, miss what most holidays are truly about, you know? And like you were saying earlier, you know, stuff's been around for 50 years and folks are just now offended. You know, we've had some horrific events happen, you know, in our country and around the world. And, you know, we let news media or politics or whatever divide us so much that it, it's crazy to me to think that you know, no more than a couple of weeks of certain events happen and how politicized and everything else they can become, you know? And, and folks, you know, will just, I'm on my side, you're on your side, and, you know, we'll just bitch and bicker and, you know, fight until another bad thing happens, and then somehow folks come together and they're able to put aside their transgressions only for another week or two. And it, you know, history repeats itself. Yeah, it's the holidays. Lighten the fuck up. <laughs> and you know, that's kind of the reason why you know I wanted to do the the traditional, you know, kind of you know holiday type thing. I mean, I, I'm with you. You know, if somebody walks up and says Merry Christmas, hey, Merry Christmas to you, or you know, Happy Kwanzaa, or anything else, you know, whatever. It doesn't take a whole hell of a lot. To just, you know, be civilized and not try to cause a debate. Not yeah. want to debate, you know, the, the life of Jesus or, you know, well, why the fuck do you follow religion or this and that, you know? Get the fuck over it. <laughs> yeah. There's way more things to be legitimately pissed off about than whether a holiday song is like, yeah, it's just dumb. <laughs> you try to make affect some actual changes, world, you know. Go volunteer at a charity. Go donate toys to tots. You know, it, uh, it, it, do something genuinely nice for the world instead of just trying to be offended and or, force or, everyone you know, to your try opinion. Try to be the next. I think the big thing now is, you know, 
everybody wants to be the next viral sensation. You know, it doesn't get any more egotistical than that. You know, if you can't do something good for the sake of doing something good or for exposing something bad, you know, stop just trying to fucking make mountains out of molehills. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just suck on a candy cane and get over it, man. <laughs> I did see a. Uh, I do want to find me a chainsaw wielding yell. That needs to be on the nerd tree. <laughs> I did see Can somebody a. Somebody uh, 3D print that. I mean, you know. I did see somebody. Uh, uh, someone I was following on Instagram was at a at an event at a bar, and they had a a missile with toe painted on it and was kissing under it. They literally had a missile toe. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. I'm <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. I want a mistletoe now. Round of applause for everyone. <laughs> so any final thoughts here on the uh the Rocky Patel uh, old world reserve? I gotta say, you know, I'm I do like a good box press occasionally, as long as it's done right. I mean there's there's some have been over box pressed and they're just kind of you know, this... kind of an uncomfortable draw because they're just too tight. But it's had a good draw and that's one thing with Rocky, it's how are you going to ask me my thoughts and then you want to go on this tirade? How does that even work? We <laughs> just had a talk about egotistical. It's the holidays, man. Hey, we're, we're Instagram internet whores ourselves. So, <laughs> Yeah, so what are your thoughts there, Brad? <laughs> it's boxy, but not too boxy. <laughs> it's um, It's got a good strength, but not too much strength. No, it's like a good I mean, medium, this, this medium is plus. a good um, you know, medium plus. Um, I, I'm with you. You know, there's some of the uh, the CAOs and the way they do the box press. And it's almost like you've got, you know, sharp, jagged edges in your mouth at times. Um, this here was, you know, more uh, more rounded. I mean, it just had a comfortable mouthfeel. What other was the thing- other one? Was it the, the CLE uh, one we had, that the, the TAA? That was a box, and it was a great flavor, but it was just so tightly packed that it was... Almost hard to draw on occasionally. Yes. Where, where that one, and that's the thing with kind of a signature of, of Rocky cigars. It's even if you're you're not a, a huge fan of their flavor, there's always consistency. The construction is always. I've never had one that's poorly constructed. They're always very consistent. Where if I get one, uh, you know, Super Lajero, it tastes like every other Super Lajero that I get. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of fluctuation in, in what you get it's like you know it's pretty much consistency is probably the hallmark of their brand and, and i gotta say the other thing too is um you know when it comes to trying to cut a box press you know <laughs> if it doesn't fit in a you know cutter you know if it's a 60 ring gauge but it doesn't fit in a 60 ring gauge cutter you know because of the edges and stuff like it, it's too boxy in my opinion you know and the other thing is Everyone I've had like that just about always ends up cracking the wrapper on it. Yeah. Um, you know, where this here, like you were talking about the construction, wonderfully done. Um, so a great, you know, toast to a old classic. Um, I'm glad to see it back on shelves. I hope it continues to stay on shelves. And, yeah, you know, like, like I said, again, if you're looking for a, you know, great cigar at, you know, what I would consider an average price, um, it's been phenomenal. Yep, and with that, we'll be right back. 
now it's time for blowing smoke. And welcome back. It's time for the Cigar Nerds Holiday Gift Guide. And in the past, we've done where we've been just kind of very generic, you know, ideas of what you could possibly add in your gift list. This this year, we're going to do it a little different. We're actually going to pick out actual items, and you know, in our show notes, we'll post links to all these items if you want to add them to your uh, your Christmas shopping list. Uh, I'll go ahead and kick us off with the first item. You know, because you know, we've said them before, before, unless you really know the type of cigar someone smokes, getting a cigar for a gift is kind of a, a hit or miss because your palate's not the same as my palate or anybody else's palate. You know, your your cigar choices are very individual. So, you know, if you're going to get cigars, I say get a you know, gift card and let them pick out their own cigars. So we've we've kind of stayed away from actual cigars. So the first thing up is you can never have enough cutters. <laughs> Cutters and lighters, you can probably have a. So, you know, we've you've heard me talk about the EXO uh, cutter by Zycar. Uh, I got one for Christmas. Uh, I think you got me one like a couple years ago, and that's you know you're, we're talking about having trouble cutting box press cigars with the the classic size of uh, cutter. So the you know EXO is a sixty four ring gauge, so you can cut just about any you know box press doesn't matter. But new for this year, they've released a whole bunch of uh, new colors and whatnot. So there's, you know, for Christmas, there's one with black blades. It's a bright red, but the coolest ones, the ones that, uh, that have gone on my list is now they have a, like a wood grain cutter. So the, the body itself is, is metal either comes in black or chrome. And then the, the actual, uh, pop out parts, your, your blade, your blade handles either come in a, you know, red wood or a kind of a light wood or, this is kind of kind of cool. Kind of give it like an old school look with adding that you know wood grain handles to the the new XO. So that's uh, that's my first uh, recommended item. Uh, what do you got for us, Brad? All right, so I'm going to follow by a torch recommendation. Um, and yes, Zycar makes some great torches. Um, you know, hard to beat the lifetime warranty, but you know specifically. Not sponsored by Zycar, so I wanted to throw some things non-Zycar out there at folks. Um, so for the torch recommendation I've got, it's going to be the Black Label Dominator. It is a quad torch um, table lighter, but it also serves as um, a punch. Or a, um, it's even got cigar shears on it as well. So it's got um, two different size punches, um, small and large. And then, like I said, the shear, so it's a very versatile tool that is actually small enough to carry in one's pocket. Or, you know, you could put it around the center of a table and there's enough fuel capacity to share amongst your friends. <laughs> and uh, next up, you know, normally if you're, uh, you know, I don't get a chance to do it as much as I, I used to, but, you know, you, you like having a good drink with uh, with your smoke, and so you got to have some cool whiskey glasses. And a thing I keep seeing popping up on on Facebook and whatnot is the cigar whiskey glass. It's a you know double old fashioned size whiskey glass, but it has a uh, like a it's almost like a bevel or something. Yeah, there's like there's like a, a notch in the side where you can actually put your cigar in it, so you can hold your cigar and your whiskey glass and and securely in one hand. Uh, one brand is the the cork sickle, uh, they're available on on Amazon, and we'll we'll throw up some links for some of these things. 
And it's only like, you know, $24 for, for a, a set of these. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a cool little, you know, if, to add to your whiskey, uh, whiskey glass collection. But yeah, it has like just a cool little notch down the side that you're so could you do slide a, your cigar right in. My, my concern so is it separate from the the lip of the glass, or does it rest? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like it, it sits like kind of about where your hand would sit. So like you know, as you're holding it, the cigar would kind of so the, the sit lo- between your top two fingers. It, it looks like it sits about you know maybe a quarter inch below the actual. So lip no of risk the cup. of ashing into your drink as <laughs> <No>. you're smoking. <laughs> it's definitely low enough on the glass that you're not gonna you know drop your cigar in your glass or, or you know accidentally uh, burn your nose when you uh, <laughs> take a. Take a sip. All righty. Well, uh, for my next gift, um, I've been doing a lot of traveling. And, you know, uh, some of the areas have not been around major cities. And finding cigar shops, um, you know, to go and chill out in have just not been a luxury. So, um, you know, I was actually gifted this um, a couple of years ago myself. And um, this is going to be a folding ashtray set with a punch and a cutter. And the ashtray is, you know, made out of metal. It's uh, just a little insert. Um, and it's got a um, spot that will hold, you know, a, a single cigar. So, you know, if you're sitting out, uh, you know, by the hotel pool or, you know, a balcony or, you know, somewhere, it's in a small compact box. I mean, this box is probably, you know, four inches by four inches, um, maybe three or four inches thick uh so you know very easy to put in your suitcase or whatever and uh it's just been a a great go-to um tool for me where i've got everything consolidated in one area i don't have to worry about bringing my you know large table-sized ashtray and trying to pack those away or anything so um you know a great way to um you know, be able to smoke on the go and, you know, have access to, you know, something other than the plastic, you know, portable cigarette stands that you see posted up at hotels. and <laughs> They're never to... big enough to, to put an actual yes. cigar ash in. Um, so, take it away, Joe. Uh, next up, speaking of traveling, yeah, you can also never have enough uh, travel humidors because, you know, you get them in different sizes for different uh, different missions and one of the newer ones I've seen, I like, uh, we've talked about Warfighter Tobacco in the past, and they've released a Warfighter, Warfighter Travel Humidor. It kind of looks like, I mean, it comes in like a Coyote Brown. It looks like a, kind of like a little Maxpedition pack, but it'll hold four cigars, and the cigars are held in like little Kydex sheaths, so it's it's crush-proof, but it also has a, a pouch to put your Bravita pack in, and it has a a little zip-up uh, pouch that will hold your lighter and your cutter, but the the lighter and cutter pocket is actually attached with Velcro, so you can, you know, peel it out and you know take that separately if you just need your your lighter and the cut your cutter. It's got something to kind of you know hold and protect that if you don't want to take your entire humidor with you. But it's also cool when you're when you're zipped up. The back part has um, moly straps, so if you have any kind of tactical backpack, you can mount it on that. But it also has an embedded magnetic uh, strip so if you're on your motorcycle your golf cart or whatever you can actually just slap it right to the tank or any kind of metal surface and it will securely hold your pack i mean you can buy just the humidor itself but they also offer a a combo pack which comes with 
the humidor, Bravita pack, a lighter, a cutter, and four Warfighter cigars of whatever you want, uh, all in for like 130 bucks if you want the full package deal. That's awesome. Um, all right, so let's say you've got your in-home, uh, you know, humidor. You've, uh, you know, got it set up. You know, one of the things that kind of bugs me is, one, I'm not a fan of glass top humidors because it just, sunlight, um, you know, depending on how well the glass is sealed, is just a, another area that humidity or temperatures can fluctuate or escape from. So, you know, a little bit more difficult to maintain a consistent humidity. So, you know, the, the issue with a solid top or a humidor with drawers on it is constantly having to open to check, oh, did the batteries on my hygrometer or my thermometer die or anything else? So Zycar has a innovative product called uh, the Puro uh, Temp Digital Hygrometer and Thermometer. And, you know, basically you have a receiver that would sit inside of the humidor but then you have an external um, device that sits wherever a remote sensor if you will that will display your temperature and your humidity without ever having to open um, your humidor Um, and it works up to a 60 foot range so if your humidor is you know in another room and you're within 60 feet there you go. You just look <laughs> on the countertop and be like, oh, yeah, nope, she's still, you know, 70 and 70. Or, you know, hey, the battery is low. Or, you know, you can actually set it um, so that it will display alerts if your temperature or your humidification drops or goes above certain levels. And another thing, you know, if you're uh, in cigars, we, we like to experience them socially if we can. But if you're going to enjoy a cigar by yourself and one of the things I like to do is is read, and there's lots of good cigar-related books uh, uh, that you can get to, to read while you're enjoying a cigar. One of the ones uh, I've pulled up here is called Cigars, Whiskey, and, and Winning, Leadership Lessons from General Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> so if you're kind of a you know, your history buff, I mean, it's got it all. It's got cigars, whiskey, and you know, lessons in leadership. So yeah, it's something to, to read, or you know, another book uh, uh, that, that uh, we... I picked up for a Christmas present. It's called Cigar Etiquette for Barbarians. And it's kind of a, a comedy cigar book. So, so it's not just, you know, if you're an experienced uh, smoker, it's kind of funny the advice they give. And if you're an unexperienced uh, smoker, maybe it'll, you know, smarten you up so you don't look like an asshole when you're hanging out in the... Uh... <laughs> in fact, I was uh, just gifted with said book um, today. So maybe for the next episode for Blowing Smoke, we'll, we'll even do a, we'll book, do a book review. We'll do a book yes. <laughs> Bring something new to the table. All right. Um, finally, for me, um, you know, humidification, absolutely vital to a humidor. And, um, you know, what I've been doing in the past is, you know, you can buy the little cups of the, you know, propylene glycol solution, but those take up quite a bit of real estate. So if you've got, you know, some longer cigars like Churchill's, you may find yourself strapped for space. Or um, some of my humidors have shallow shelves. Um, A typical Bravuda pack will work, but I kind of get tired of having to replace those every month. So one of the things that um, I recommend and use for myself and that, you know, 
I would recommend to gift to other folks are the um, little plastic sticks that contain um, the probably um, propylene glycol solution. Um, you can buy them, you know, in a variety of humidities and basically, you know, you throw them in, they don't take up much real estate and, you know, they will emit or absorb humidity as necessary to maintain, um, you know, your desired percentage. For me, it's usually 68 to 70% humidity. Some folks it's 65, so they've got, you know, sticks to cater to those needs. Um, but, you know, just a, a great addition. Um, not very expensive. Uh, the only thing is to know the size of the humidor that you're going to place them in. Um, you know, like with me personally, I've got a 100-count humidor. So usually three sticks are all I need. If I need to refresh or liven them up a bit after they've sat in there for, you know, six or eight months, you can always add additional solution or a little bit of distilled water. You're ready to rock and roll and you're back in business. And last up on my list, you know, if you're going to smoke cigars, you got to look cool while doing it. One of the things that will help you, cool uh, apparel and accessories. So, you know, realmensmokecigars.com have awesome cigar shirts, and they're all embroidered with whatever your fandom. You can get Star Wars, Marvel, DC, your any of your favorite sports teams. You can even get Cigar Nerds uh, podcast uh, smoking shirts there. But they're in the process of updating their website and adding a whole lot of new stuff. Not only do they have their traditional embroidered cigar pocket shirts, they're offering, you know, the traditional Guyabera shirts. Now they're offering, they have t-shirts now. They're also uh, kind of expanding into a line of jewelry. So you can get, you know, rings and watches or not watches, uh, bracelets and other like kind of cigar themed jewelry to, you know, pimp you out while you're smoking. So, you know, Check them out. Check out all these other things we've given you, and we'll be right back with the next segment. Welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. I am your host, the Monster. We are Venom. I got my own parasite. Parasite? Sorry, sorry, Venom. I, I meant symbiote. That's better. What do you do for fun around here? I want to do a podcast with you. What the hell is a podcast anyway? Well, it's a weekly show where I talk about the latest news in sci-fi, movies, and TV. You're such a nerd. Now I'm a loser on two planets. The Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Yes, science! And welcome back. It's time for some science. You ready to learn some shit? Yeah, man. Well, speaking of fake news... uh. And combine that with our, you know, rising fear of uh, robots and Russian interference. <laughs> well, recently uh, there was a, uh, a Russian um, symposium or whatever on robotics, and one of the they introduced a high tech AI robot that was hosting this event. Turns out, it was just a guy in a suit. <laughs> That must have been, I mean, is there like video of the the movement or, or the suit itself? I mean... Yes, there there is a, a like Russian I, state television, uh, Russia 24, was uh, covering the robotics forum. And, you know, the, the co-host was this robot they called Boris, who had, you know, 
freakishly human-like uh, movement. And, you know, you said it knew how to dance and, uh, and yeah, said it, 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 it knew mathematics very well, but it also wanted to draw and was just kind of, you know, being interviewed by the host of this forum, which was actually for, you know, supposed to be for, like, getting younger people into studying robotics and, and AI and whatnot. But the, uh, you know, Rush24 told, you know, everyone that this is, you know, a revolutionary new discovery and, and, you know, this is, you know, an actual like super high tech robot. Look at what we can, we can do. But other experts were like, how did they, this would be a, it's movements are so smooth that it's, you know, would be a super leap forward in technology where most of the robots we see, even the, like the really cool stuff from, from Boston dynamics, still a little herky jerky. Uh, and they're like, and you know, it came out that Boris was actually, a dude in a high tech, uh, uh, at like, uh, average, you know, cosplaying as a robot. <laughs> so, you know, the, the statements from the, uh, the, the people putting on the, the robot, uh, forum was like, we never said this was an actual robot that, you know, it was, you know, we were never trying to convince people that it was anything other than a guy in a suit. We don't know why the news agency reported that it was a real robot. <laughs> and so far, uh, Russia 24 is yet to, uh, <laughs> comment on, on where their story came from. But yeah, literal fake news about a fake robot. <laughs> so yeah, there's kind of a, you know, you know, back and forth of where they were actually trying to, you know, the pass this off as a robot or if just these reporters are, dumbasses and thought it was a real robot or if they were really trying to pull one over on the uh the general public yeah and now that i see pictures like it doesn't look like any of the robot like ai stuff that we would traditionally no. see i mean it very much is yeah it's it's humanoid and I, I, like you said you know even the ones like you know where they're doing obstacles are there they're you know i mean pivots and joints and everything yeah this is like a very high end suit like the people yes. you kind of use for like advertising or you know rent a robot for your event and even some of the photos that like you can clearly see there's a neck underneath the head and it's not but yeah apparently yeah russian reporters uh <laughs> and then there's you know if you scroll up finally there is a picture of the robot without its head on uh, yeah. So yeah, we, you know, they're not quite sure why the the news media portrayed it as a real robot, uh, or but yeah, the the forum is trying to say no. This is kind of obviously this wasn't a real robot. <laughs> so we're not sure where the shenanigan uh, occurred, but yeah, it but, did occur. Yeah, but from fake robots to real robots. Uh, you ever seen the movies, you know, 2001, A Space Oddity, and a, and a little robot named Hal, Hal 9000 who tried to kill everyone on board? Got no clue what you're talking about. Well, uh, you know, now is there is Is this real a, news or is this fake news again? Well, no, apparently uh, they are testing a, a new piece of uh, equipment on the International Space Station. Uh, it's a supposed to be a robot companion for astronauts to kind of keep them company on uh on long journeys it's like a kind of a round disc shape uh touch screen with a animated face on it that's able to using fans and air jets 
move and orient itself in a zero gravity uh, zero gravity environment. It's named Simon, which uh, stands for Crew Interactive Mobile Companion, <laughs> and it's kind of like a floating Alexa can can help perform tasks and surf the net and and do all and you know supposed to be able to you know conversate with astronauts and keep them company on these on these long voyages but immediately as it was turned on it kind of you know decided it was in charge and stopped listening to its uh controllers <laughs> and has since been decommissioned uh, in a video where they were demonstrating the <laughs> the robot where you know the the floating ball uh, was supposed to help a <laughs> an astronaut perform a task which it did, but then, you know, as they were demonstrating the other uh, things it could do, uh, the, the the astronaut asked it to play a music, which uh, the song was um, a song called Man Machine. Or the, it, but then after, like, it started playing the music, apparently the robot decided it uh, liked the music and would refuse to sure, turn it off when the astronaut asked him. Even to the point where it start, stopped refuse, uh, refusing to obey orders and cut the music off. It just kept jamming out. And when the uh, astronaut uh, you know, asked ground control for some help of how do you uh, you know turn this thing off, it started saying, be nice, please, <laughs> and arguing with him and was offended because he was asking ground control to shut him down. So it's literally some uh, <laughs> Skynet. There's a whole video of the astronaut uh, freaking uh, Gerst here uh, arguing with a floating head that's no longer listening to him. And it, like I said, it has since been uh, powered down and put it back in its box, and there's no uh, immediate plans to do further experiments with this HAL 9000 pissed-off floating head. All righty, then. I, that's quite interesting. I I, I don't know. I mean... Do you want Skynet? This is how we get Skynet. <laughs> I mean, think back to your teenage years, you know. There was always that one, you know, song, or in my case, like, every song I ever listened to that, you know, my parents hated. Like, turn that crap off and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's just, you know, and it's pissed off teenage years. and <laughs> <laughs> It needs to mature, the, to mature yes. a little bit. I mean, it kind of looks like a giant, like, remember the Tamaguchis and the Virtua Pets? It looks kind of like a giant version of one of those. <laughs> Great. Now that's going to be a fad again. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, an- another another thing that uh, recently popped up. Uh, findings reported in the journal PLOS 1. They've basically developed a brain interface uh that they're calling the um, brain-computer interface, which allows people who are paralyzed uh, to surf the net and you know do other computer tasks with just the power of their mind. So when people talk about plugging into the web, is I mean we have now taken it to a literal sense. Yes, it's basically okay. I, I, we did just, a whole Cowboy Bebop episode. I believe this was a. Uh, 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 an episode of Cowboy Bebop where there was the guy that was paralyzed that was convincing other people to join him in the Matrix and give up their human bodies. <laughs> We're literally one step closer to uh, Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, the- I mean, you know, granted, okay, yes, there's, there's, you know, a lot of good that can come from this. But, you know, then again, like, 
I've been following a lot of studies that are, you know, really talking about how technology is making us dumber. And, um, you know, it, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, are people going to start getting rogue implants, you know, or, you know, well, there, um, this original study, they, they had three participants, uh, two of which uh, suffered from uh, ALS and one had had a spinal cord injury. Uh, but, you know, once they had implanted this uh, like small, like I said, pill, pill shaped implant into their, into their brains, they were able to move cursors and click using just their thoughts. And they said they were able to use email, chat, music, video streaming apps, uh, navigate the web like you know, anyone else would. Even one of them uh, who apparently you know, used to you know, be a musician and said they really want to be able to play piano again was even able to play a virtual piano using this, uh, this device. So it's for people that are you know, severely paralyzed or whatnot, you know, someone like a, a Stephen Hawking, it's going to definitely increase their uh, you know, quality of life and you know, allow them to be more interactive with the outside world. So it's kind of a, a cool jump in technology because it's not, it's, it's basically just like I said, you know, you just kind of have to think as you were, you know, you know, think like, you know, I'm typing on a keyboard, those thoughts are translated into, you know, electronics. So you just kind of don't even really have to think a step-by-step thing. It's like you think what you would normally think when you do such thing and it reads it and translates it into, uh, you know, doing your thoughts. I said, this technology has also been used with, you know, operating like a, uh, prosthetic. So like people controlling robot hands and whatnot with this same type of type of implant. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cool, uh, I'm almost wondering if this couldn't be adapted to the automotive world, you know, where the push for hands-free devices and everything else, you know, I mean, most cars have, you know, are, you know, we could do satellite internet capabilities or hotspot and, you know, you could sit there and, you know, check email just, you know, by thought and everything without yeah, ever having to, you know. Yeah, right now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going the voice activated route, which yeah. is kind of hit or miss sometimes because, you know, even my phone uh, can't understand uh, country occasionally. But, you know, get to the point, or especially someone who's like has a severe you know, disability where they can't speak, where they're like, like I said, like Stephen Hawking spoke through a computer, you know, for someone who can't use voice operated devices, this is like, you know, a, a, definitely a cool way to, you know, make it accessible to, to anyone despite, you know, their configuration. That's awesome. And finally, uh, freaking lasers, man. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. There is a uh, a, a a new uh, kind of tech startup uh, called Breakthrough Starshot, who is wanting to explore distant galaxies using giant freaking lasers, uh, and they've they've pretty much got a hundred million dollars backing the initial research, and fa- you know it's not just kind of like a, a an overnight company. Some of their the people that have worked with him in the past was the late Stephen Hawking's uh, Russian American billionaire Yuri Milner, you know Harvard Harvard uh, astronomer Avi Loeb, like a lot of like famous smart people, and they're basically they're trying to build a hundred gigawatt laser that would propel tiny space probes, you know, into other galaxies, you know, other solar systems. As you know, they said basically. Our nearest solar neighbor is uh, Alpha Centauri, which 
with current rocket technology for us to get a probe there would take, you know, a hundred millennia nearly, but with uh, this laser propulsion system they're developing could make the trip in 20 years. So, I mean, it's, it, this is, but the downside is with building a hundred megawatt laser that, you know, if it happened to get reflected back onto the earth, instead of just propelling the spacecraft, it could wipe out an entire city. They're literally trying to build a death star. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got some benefit. It's got some potential risk. <laughs> I mean, we might have a Dr. Just, Evil moment. Just, uh, you know, risk and reward. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe they want to test this thing out on an abandoned island somewhere and not, you know, in the middle of New York or whatnot. Because 100, mil- 100 megawatt laser, a gigawatt laser, there could be some uh, you know, potential shenanigans <laughs> with such a device. Yes, I could foresee that. Oh, but that's all I got this week. We'll be right back with some news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, so uh, this week in news, we're going to start out with we got our Avengers Endgame trailer. and About damn time. I mean, didn't Tom Holland, like, you know, give us this, like, two weeks ago, this <laughs> title? Something like that, yeah. It's like they've they've like pretty much yeah you know, got him under lock and key somewhere. Like you're not allowed to speak anymore. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> definitely thinking that's probably a for real thing. But uh, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, somebody call NASA. You know, Stark's <laughs> lost in space. <laughs> yeah, NASA's already released like tweets that like please stop uh, contacting us to uh, rescue Tony Stark. <laughs> I mean, but that could be a brilliant, you know, a way to get folks, you know, invested, you know, more into the science aspect of things. <laughs> I mean, which, I mean, most nerds, you know, probably are going to, you know, lean toward the geeky, you know, uh, scientific side of things. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that trailer, it's you know, it's very much uh, pretty pretty dark for the first, uh, first teaser. You got, you know, Tony uh, kind of. Giving yep. his goodbyes. I'm out of food, and... out of water. Um, got about you know last day of oxygen, so you know tomorrow's like my final goodbye. A, you got you know Captain kind of kind of tearing up, and it's like this is gonna work. It has to work because I don't know what else we're gonna do. You see like Thor kind of all damn it. I should have aimed for the head. <laughs> what we didn't see is didn't see any Thanos. We saw like uh, his armor. Well, yeah, on the I mean we just kind of saw him, you know, walking out in the you know the meadow. But I mean. I don't know. I mean, is it, hey, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. And, you know, he blast off to, you know, yeah. Thanos land or. Uh... <laughs> Thanos land. Yeah. So you know, we have you know, no idea what's uh, uh, true Marvel fashion doesn't give you a whole lot of. Uh, they've always been good about spoiler free trailers. So there's like, yeah, just kind of tease you. But you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I got to see it. I mean, one thing, another thing we didn't see in the trailer, we didn't see any uh, Rocket Man. We know Rocket survived. Why is he not hanging out with Thor, man? <laughs> I don't uh, know. I mean. But yeah. we did see, you know, Hawkeye's back, uh, and he's looking like he's been through some shit. So I'm wondering if it's his family end up getting dusted. And, of course, uh, Ant-Man got out of the uh, quantum realm somehow and still has the cool van. <laughs> I don't know. So I... Uh, 
I have a theory. I think we see, you know, Ant-Man and, you know, given the success of Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think the Wasp also shows up. Well, she um, got dusted in the, uh, you know, end of Ant-Man. So, uh, yeah. But, of course, we know, you know, everyone's going to be back eventually because, you know, everyone has sequels already on the books. So <laughs> They're going to fix I, it somehow, I, but I don't know if they're well, uh, uh, going to show up in Infinity War and, or at least not You know, I'm almost end. wondering, with, with the passing of Stanley, I mean, he was the... He is the creator. I mean, he is the ultimate. You know, I still think it would be a fucking phenomenal nod, you know, like they did in the comic series. And, you know, at the end of the, you know, take or whatever, just, you know, have him with a pencil, you know, just fucking, you know, an eraser. And it's like, this shit never happened. You know, (laughs) this was a what if story. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know, fucking Deadpool. There's already a trailer where everybody is Deadpool. And have it's you, also got a Logan rework as well. Have you seen the uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming uh, uh, images? No, I have not yet. Oh, apparently they, uh, at a, uh, I can't remember, it's not, wasn't here, it was in another country. They showed an early trailer uh, for Spider-Man Homecoming that has not been available anywhere yet. But some of the still images come up. There's a picture of him in like a blacked out stealth Spidey suit. And from what they're saying of the trailer, Spider-Man is in Europe or somewhere on a school field trip again and is, you know, trying to, I guess, take a break from being Spider-Man. But Nick Fury shows up and recruits him for some espionage type shenanigans. Interesting. (laughs) So we got, you know, him and Tony in the last one, him and Fury in this one, which very much of like my favorite version of spider-man in the the, the ultimate spider-man cartoon i, I, I want to see a live action version of that with with you know nick fury you know kind of mentoring uh <laughs> spider-man that would be kind of badass if we end up getting getting that oh yeah absolutely so um you know still a lot of speculation you know folks weigh in what are your thoughts how does it play out how do we you know solve this crisis that you know the avengers have now found themselves in Damn it, Barry. Oh, sorry. Wrong universe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Netflix news. Um, You know, the last episode we talked about some cancellations. Well, we've gotten wind that uh, Punisher is going to be up for season two. Um, Before it gets canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, I don't know. You know, I mean... Well, the good news, bad Uh, news... Hopefully, hopefully season two will be a wrap-up in case... I, I don't want to see it happen, but you know I think inevitably you know yeah. the the you know strong arm of Disney is going to you know try to you know encapsulate all of the properties as much as they can. But um, yeah, you know hopefully it's a wrap up and doesn't leave us at a cliffhanger that we yeah never... like the last couple yes. uh, <laughs> shows have done. Well, you know our our prevailing theory has always been that. They're not canceled. They're going to show up on the Disney service when that starts up. But there was a recent article in, uh, I guess, Variety that was said apparently part of the contract with Netflix, since they were involved in the production of all this, is if they cancel something, it has to be two years before anyone else is allowed to use these characters. So probably going to show up on the Disney service eventually, but... Probably have yeah, to wait two years for that to well, happen, and, and that's kind of what I was, you know, alluding to a little bit, you know, in the, the last episode was, you know, 
there's still a lot of um, you know stuff going on. In fact, I saw a uh, thing going on now that you know maybe a major setback for the Disney Fox you know whole merger and everything. Uh, you know something to do with some of the laws in Mexico and stuff like that that you know may end up being um, you know legal hurdles. Now there's a lot of corruption in Mexico, so I'm sure that you know gonna, somebody's got enough payroll pay the right to person. you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll either rewrite that or, yeah, this never happened, or we'll turn a blind eye. Well, that's the thing, too. If if we have to wait two years before they're allowed to pop up on Disney, I wonder if that's just, it's got to be two years before this gets released, or can they go ahead and start working on it? If they got two years to, like, work and bank content, I mean, they could have, like, two or three seasons, you know, on the shelf going, hey, two years, we can start dropping this shit. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, though? Uh, I don't want to see them make the same mistake that I think they've made with the Star Wars franchise, where yeah, just you know giving us just too much started, shit and you know, not giving us quality shit stuff out, and you know it just being subpar, and I, you know I I I don't know, you know I I think there is such thing as too much of a good thing. I mean, um, if they got two years, maybe they can take their time and make something quality, and not yes. just kind of rush to some of the shit we've gotten. Um, so, a uh, little bit of Punisher news. Um, John Barenthal absolutely will be returning. I don't think there's any surprises there. Um, we got Ben Barnes, Amber Rose, um, Jason Moore, um, also expected to return. But we do have some, uh, you know, new faces, um, you know, some, some cast coming over from Smallville. Um, Let's see here. I'm trying to remember who all. I had names and everything else before, and that's out the window. But anyway, we'll link to an article where you can read the article, and all the details will be there. How about that? Adapt and overcome. Um, You know, something for the holidays. You know, Joe, are you a fan of Twitch? You like to watch people play video games? No. Okay. Well, I I don't know a whole lot about Twitch. That's all I know about Twitch is, you know... I know YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Twitch is actually doing an Inspector Gadget marathon as well as some extras leading up to Christmas. So basically what they're going to do is starting on December 17th, they will play every episode of the first season of Inspector Gadget until, you know, December 21st. Um, You know, basically the first episode will air at, you know, 7 a.m. Eastern and will stream in five-hour blocks. That means every day there will be a loop um, of the same five hours. That way people in different time zones will be able to watch and catch up but one thing i thought was kind of cool is at certain parts um you know folks will be able to chat with the show's co-creator andy hayward and abin or the adam savages tested will be doing some live building of some cool props um you know so that way you can kind of see what's going on um instead of the normal you know Twitch presents channel stuff. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a big fan of um, you know Inspector Gadget, so it'd be cool to you know watch some of that. Um, Aquaman. Looks like it's already you know 
hit more than $250 million at the international box office. Ooh. I don't necessarily think that's a surprise. I mean, <laughs> no. um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's big for, you know, the, the foreign box offices, um, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like every time DC, I'm like, I hope they've turned it around. And the trailers look really good. And they didn't completely give away the storyline as far as I can tell. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm... I'm Cautiously optimistic. Well, I mean, as of right now, it is the fourth highest earning superhero film in China uh, behind Avengers Infinity War, Venom, Avengers Age of Ultron. And then again, it's Jason Momoa shirtless. I mean, people are going to go see it whether the movie sucks or not. I mean, well... be a lot of ladies there... Uh. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess we could say this. It's already the highest too, I'm, I'm grossing, assuming. you know, Warner Brothers film in the country to date in China. So, I mean, you know, hey. Um, so, uh, you know, going and seeing, you know, some of the October Halloween movies, Um, you know, there's been trailers to Del Toro's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, I guess now we have an official, you know, release date of you know summer 2019 interesting um and i i don't know you man think I that'd was, be more of a halloween release well i you know i mean it's kind of interesting i mean the i remember the book series you know that i used to read in like elementary school and stuff like that you know that was up there oh, yeah, those with, were always like creepy as you shit, know the, I mean. the goosebumps and you know some of the other you know, I was always I, I was more a fan of the scary stories than I was the goose of the goosebumps. Yes. And, I mean we've had two goosebumps movies, so you know, I, I've not heard if this is going to be a more because like the goosebumps movie is more kid kid friendly, uh, which I don't know if if uh, if this one's going to be scary. But it, you know, it's Del Toro, man. It's going to be <laughs> if anybody can make something like fucked up, it's him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I, I can remember, you know, people, you know, like one of the stories, I think, like somebody had getting, you know, they they woke up with a spot on their face and like then millions of spiders started crawling out of it and stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what he, <laughs> he does with this. And, you know, is it going to be an anthology movie? Because like I said it's a series of we don't get a whole lot of anthology movies anymore. Like with the like I remember I was at Creepshow and like all the little short format stories in the movie. I always fan of those those little horror horror movies like that back in the day. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, as it you know states right now, it's basically a group of teenagers trying to you know solve a series of sudden you know deaths in their town, and um, you know for the folks here in the U.S., August twenty ninth, two thousand and nineteen will be the date. So right there at you know the October season. August, September, October. Eh, Close enough. Close enough. We'll allow it. Um, All right. A film that has been on my radar and that I have been a very big fan of since childhood is we've got our second official trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hells yes. And, um, you know, to, to follow the trailer, we, you know, I mean... We had speculated, hey, is this going to be man versus Godzilla, or are we going to get some of the other kaiju monsters? Well, we now know that it looks like we're going to get Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah. 
Yeah, it's like they've they breaking out all the classic uh, Godzilla monsters, and it just looks freaking awesome. And uh, the trailer too, or the the you know what, the one guy's like, yeah, we don't these titans, we don't know which one are going to defend us and which ones are going to destroy us, and and like the senator lady's like, so you want us to make Godzilla our pet? And like the he's like, no, we would be his pet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Which I think that guy was the only reason that guy was in the first movie because they needed somebody with the accent to go Godzilla. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't know if you've watched any of the uh, legend, the season of Legends of Tomorrow, but they had a uh, an, an episode where they went back to like fifties Tokyo and it was fighting a monster on like a movie set because it turned out they had some kind of magical book that anything you wrote would become real, and some director created some monster. And at one point, they're even fighting it in a miniature city, so it looks like Godzilla fighting a dude in a rubber suit. And like after they kill the monster, like the one of the guys is like, "Man, forget about." Because it was like a squid Cthulhu like monster. He's like, "Forget about giant squids. Lizards are king." And the guys, what the guys like, king, king of the monsters. I like that. I'm like, they just invented Godzilla. Fuck yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So. um you know, still definitely stoked to check that movie out. Um, cannot wait. Any other news, tidbits, information you want to share with the fine folks listening to the podcast, sir? Well, one of the things, uh, you know, if you're a member of the Dragon Con Cigar Group, I've been talking with those guys, and they kind of wanted, uh, like, someone to do a monthly, like, written cigar review. So hopefully starting in January... When I have time, I'm going to start <laughs> writing at least monthly or bi-monthly, like actual written cigar review. So if our twice a month uh, us rambling about a cigar is not enough for you, go join the Dragon Con Cigar Group on Facebook, and you know might be a you know some extra uh, cigar reviews on there. Uh, check us out on. Our website, CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO network at ESOPodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at CigarNerdPod. Pick up your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code CigarNerds, or your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And with that, ho, ho, ho. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.